0: Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and today we have my fiance, Charlie, from Charlie's Waxworks with us yet again. This will be the last time that my fiance, Charlie, will be joining us because after this, I'll have to say my husband, Charlie, will be getting married in a few weeks. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the concepts that we lightly touched on in the first five episodes and really dive into some of those concepts that can help you as you start, consider to start, or maybe spark an idea for a new business. All of these concepts will be centered around focusing your limited resources, your most limited resources of time, energy, and money, how to focus them in the right ways. Before we really dive into any of these concepts, first, Charlie, can you introduce yourself to our listeners who maybe don't know who you are and where to find you?
2: If you don't know who I am, you haven't been listening enough to the podcast. But besides that, I'm Charlie, uh, Charlie Langford. I run... My own business, Charlie's Wax Works, which is a lot more than it sounds like now. Uh, we do candles, incense, wax melts, car air fresheners, room and linen sprays, body rollers for perfumes and colognes and soaps now. So we're doing big things. And I have this spark of an idea for a drone videography and photography business now that I've got a fleet of drones to use at my disposal. So that's yeah. who I am
1: in addition to all of that he is also failing to mention that he's an author who's written and published two books Uh and we're currently working on the third one i think uh we have a lot of fans who are looking to get that by the end of 2023 so we're hoping that we can get that finished up but with all these competing businesses and interests and our upcoming wedding and your engineering degree you're working on you've got a lot going on
2: i'm also in like elbow deep in engineering school so I've got a lot going on. Yes. I'm a busy man.
1: Very busy. So that leads right into what we're going to talk about today. You have limited resources of time and energy and money. How do you spend those appropriately to balance the scales for all of your business interests and keeping your personal time and keeping your mental health satisfied and self-care and all those things you have to balance at all Times. Yes. how do you do that especially as a small business owner a solopreneur who's pretty much doing everything by yourself
0: how do you do it
2: how do i balance my scale is all i can tell you really um but you have to i, I think i mentioned this the first time i was on the show is um focusing on taking inventory or budgeting even your time energy and money you have a bucket with each of those things in it. And you have to figure out how much of it you have. I have plenty of time, personally. I'm pretty self-paced in school. Um, I don't have very many markets going on. It's just keeping everything stocked in between markets. Uh, Haven't really felt the, the muses speak to me in a while, so I haven't been doing much writing or editing. And the drone thing is still, working itself out. So I just been getting practice and doing fun stuff in between. I don't have a lot of things on my time. I have my kids every so often, you know, we have shared custody, so I don't have them all the time, even though I wish I did. Um, I don't have a lot of, I don't have to go to a brick and mortar class for my school. So I have plenty of time. I have lots money is a thing that comes and goes. And I have some of that and I just, manage that as you do with a budget and keep on it with you because you're the accountant and the numbers and money lady. Uh, And then when it comes to the energy, having a disability myself, it means uh, depression. I I suffer from depression, major depressive disorder, and it causes deficits in energy all the time. Uh, I have plenty of time, plenty of money, but just don't have the drive to do it, you know, but you, you have to take an inventory of all those things. And once you've done that, once you've figured out, you know, what you can afford in time, what you can afford in money and what you can afford in the energy you have, you use those gaps, not those gaps really, but those openings in your budget, you know, to apply something new. Maybe it's a hobby you're already doing and you want to like.
0: Turn it into a business. Yeah.
2: Do something more with it not even necessarily turn it in because a side hustle is still a business. I don't know. I stratify them in such a way that side hustle is not quite business, but it really is. So it is.
1: that's minimizing the effort that you're putting in to something like that.
2: It's true. So don't do that. Like I do, you do your own thing and you're in business, even if you're a side hustle. So you budget your time, budget your money and budget your energy. And you figure out what you have and apply those things toward a goal, you know, and you just take that focus and you focus on each of those little things. And then you focus on them as a whole and you focus on where you want to be and where those things can take you focus on where you are right now. Importantly, very importantly, focus on where you are right now, Um
1: being realistic about yes. where you are right now right. is very important.
2: Like I would argue almost the most important thing, like how can you do anything if you're only focused on where you're headed? Like what should be, could be, or would be if you're focused solely on that, like or where you came from and what was for you before, like those things don't matter as much. Like, you have to focus on them. You have to give them energy. You have to give them time to thought, but they're not the biggest things. If you're solely focused on what would be if, or what could be if, or what should be when, then you're not getting anywhere. You got to focus, I'd say, mainly on where you are right now.
1: I disagree. I think you- Uh You have to focus on the gap between where you are right now and where you want to be. Because if you spend most of your time focusing on where you are now, you can get stuck in a rut of, you know, poor me or something and only focusing on the current, just like only focusing on the past or only focusing on the future is not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. You look at where you are now, you look at where you want to be in that should, would and could. Well, how could it be? How should it be? Mm -hmm. So focusing on the gap between where you are and where you want to be is motivation, is drive, is the key to success.
2: Yeah. So. Kind of like the difference between being on the highway and being on a treadmill.
1: That's a really good comparison.
2: Like yes. if you're focused on the present, you're on a treadmill, you're just staying put, yes. running, burning energy going nowhere
1: absolutely nowhere.
2: and if you're focused on if you're going somewhere on the highway you're not necessarily focused on your destination you're not focused on where you were coming from you're primarily focused on the road in front of you where you the gap between where you are and where you want to be
1: right and that's exactly right it's a
2: beautiful you analogy you don't make progress otherwise that's brilliant i didn't think about that i'm a, i'm i don't know maybe my 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 experiences have, have my brain working in more of a thinker right now, the present kind of.
1: Well, that's kind of a, like a
2: caveman Spongebob meme.
1: Yeah, that's living <laughs> in like, there's a term for this. If you're focusing on the now and you're stuck going round and round in what's going on currently, that's being in survival mode. And that comes from trauma and not thriving that comes from just surviving, being in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us grow up there. A lot of us have to mitigate that in order to thrive. You have to be focused on where you're going, the drive, the progress, the movement. Right.
2: So what you're saying is it helps to have made the shift from survive to thrive. And then Absolutely. If, you can, if you can find help doing that, if you feel you need help doing that, like definitely do it.
1: Absolutely. Because if you're stuck in survival mode, you're not thinking about the future. Right. You're just thinking about right now. How do I make it from day to day? And unfortunately, a lot of us live in that place or have lived in that place for a very long time of yeah. how do I make it to the next day? We're talking about paycheck to paycheck. We're talking about literal survival. If you grow up in, in a place where you feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Many things can lead you to growing up and living in this survival mode. And in order to be successful and I think healthy, mentally healthy, you have to shift from survival mode to thriving. And that does not come easy.
2: No, I, I don't know. I haven't. I think maybe I'm on my way to it because I can't I'm starting to focus on where I could be. I feel safe enough now that I can do that. But it, it, you're right. I guess looking at my own situation like this, it is difficult. But yeah, it's it's about it's about focusing, shifting your focus, budgeting your focus as your energy. Yes. And deciding where you want to put it, and you want to put it here in the present, or do you want to put it in the shoulda woulda coulda, or do you want to put it in the should be, would be, could be? There's Can a difference. Be. Can be yes. All of those things. So what are the things that we have to like consider for each of those focuses? Like, does that matter? Is that something that's just far too intuitive to talk about or?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head before about taking an inventory of each of them. What's going on with your time? What does your, what does your week look like? What does a month look like? Put it, open up a calendar, whatever your email is I know everybody's got a secondary email address that they're not using, right? Log into that, open up that calendar and create a, a time budget. Where are your blocks? If you have children who come home from school at a certain time and you have to do dinner every night, block out that part of your schedule. You can't do anything during that time. Mm-hmm. You're committed. Find out what commitments you have really and truly down to, I've got to pick up my kids from school at this time. I've got to cook them dinner at this time. I generally go to sleep at this time. I wake up at this time. Write yourself out a budget and see what what is open for you. Mm -hmm. And then related to the energy, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to spend the rest of your limited time on things that are energy drains for you, mm-hmm. on things that make you happy.
2: Yeah, I, I think the, the the word for time budget is schedule. It is <laughs> a schedule. Yes. <laughs> so if, here it is. We we're thinking of new ways of looking at build yourself a schedule, build yourself a budget. These things that are just like, yeah, sure, I'll get right on that, and then they just don't happen. Like. Budget your time in this way. Build yourself a schedule because once you're done with that, when you start listing out the things you have to do in a day, you're left with, okay, when do I feel the best during the day? When do I feel my most productive during the day? And you can block that time off and be like, okay, right after I get off work and I'm still on my way coming down from from that right before dinner, I feel really productive.
1: So building that schedule. Yes. And feeling inventorying yourself where you feel most productive and where you have availability. That is super powerful. Something I've been working recently on um, building my schedule and saying, okay, when I get here in the morning, whatever time that is, because sometimes I wake up at six o'clock in the morning and I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to get up and go to work. Yes. From the time that I get here until 9 a.m. when the rest of the staff get here is my time to sit down, clear my emails, look at my schedule for the day and build myself a plan on what can and can't get done. Move things around, um, review questions from the staff, see if there's anything that I can answer for them to set them up for success for their day. Mm And then I have another block of time later in the day, about an hour or two before the staff leaves, of 30 minutes that's available if needed for staff to come in and ask me questions. Because I was finding myself all day long training staff and finding little nuanced things they needed help with that was pulling me off of my ability to get any of my work done. And I was feeling stressed and spread thin because I'm bouncing from, you know, going back and forth. Some people don't have a problem shifting brains, but I do. If I'm in the middle of something and I get asked a question, it totally throws me off and can, and really up your
2: groove.
1: Yes. It takes me out of my flow. People call it flow. So we blocked out specific sets of time for questions to be answered. Then even beyond that, we have an administrative meeting that we put on the book's We put, you know, every meeting that I have to have when we're doing lunch and learns for the staff. And then what's left is bookable time Mm -hmm. for client meetings, for actually doing, you know, day-to-day work in the business. Right. But even beyond that, what time do I want to have available for that? Next Friday, I was talking to Shane and my executive assistant talking about what my schedule looks like for next week. Next Friday, I have no meetings scheduled except for the lunch and learn with the staff. I told her to block the whole day for Friday and that's going to be an admin day. Excellent. I'm I'm not getting interrupted with, oops, somebody booked a meeting on my online calendar. I'm saying, no, that day is ours to do things here.
2: You're taking a day to tend to your garden. Yeah, to take care of your business. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So if you look at where your commitments are already and analyze how you want to spend the available time, Mm -hmm. that will tell you where you can fill those gaps to get where you want to be.
2: Mm -hmm. You can prepare monetarily and in your energy. Sometimes you feel like you can't If someone were to spring something on you immediately, like we're going to a party right now, you'd be like, oh, man, uh, the energy. I don't know if I have the energy to go deal with a party. But if someone tells you we're having a party on Friday, you've got time to prepare for it. Sometimes setting a schedule and setting this time will help you see it in in the future. Prepare for it. Know it's coming and muster the energy to accomplish this thing you're really trying to accomplish just through having it on paper somewhere or on your phone or in your computer, just having it slated.
1: That's a practice we implemented for you. What about a year ago now? Yeah, And I, we'll put the most mundane things in your schedule because there are certain things that you just recognize, take a lot of your emotional and energy. Yes. Like if we've got to go pick supplies for the wedding, we have to go to the craft store. Yes. That's a thing that I can't spring on you. Right. No. You, you want Advance notice. We're gonna go to the craft store, so I'll put it on our schedule. We're gonna go to the craft store Friday when I get home from work. You got all week to think about. Okay, we're gonna go to the craft store. It's gonna be fine. Blah blah blah, whatever. And you get your head in the game, right? Apply that same tactic to your business, to your hobbies, to whatever it is that you want to spend the rest of that energy on,
2: right? It's deciding what where your focus is going to be, where you're going to put that energy, where you're going to spend it. And the first step is deciding I'm going to spend my energy on this thing here, this hobby. I'm going to do more of it, or I'm going to do so much of it that I'm going to make some money doing it. And you start weighing the costs in other places. You decided to invest the energy. Now you've got to get the money and the time on board. You know, We've worked on ways getting the, the time on board. We've talked about it. Set yourself a schedule, see where your gaps are. And then move into those gaps. Everything is about focusing on the gap, right? Exactly. Focusing on the gap. Find those gaps, fill them.
1: Exactly. With that, we're going to take our first break. Stick with us and we'll be right back.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business-level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field, and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica.
1: So I want to go back to something that you said right before the break. Mm -hmm. Making money on your hobby, turning it into that side hustle first or turning it into the business. Let's talk about some considerations you have to make when you do that, because there's a big shift that happens and people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. Way too often this happens. You're doing something, whatever it is, and you're good at it and you like it and you're going to turn it into a business.
2: So you've decided to put your energy and focus your energy and time and money on this thing. On this hobby. Just throwing them in the gap.
1: Exactly. All right. Now, what happens when you throw something in the gap? Then Mm -hmm. it becomes a job, it becomes your business, a hobby. You can do it your own will. If you're flying drones as a hobby, you go out whenever it's a nice sunny day and you want to get some pictures or, oh, this is a beautiful sunset Mm -hmm. or we're going to Mobile today. So I'm going to video that. We're going to go to Oxford, going to bring the drone. If it's a job, it's much less of your own will. And it's much more of what you've got to do, because if you book a a job you book something on somebody else's schedule hey we've got to go do it on friday Mm. if you wake up friday and the depression has got you yeah
2: it's become leisure it's become an obligation instead of just leisure
1: exactly and when it becomes an obligation when it becomes something you have to do a little bit of the joy you feel is sucked away
2: Mm.
1: can you afford that can you afford for that little bit of joy how much do you like this hobby because if you suck little bit of joy out of it and all you had was a little bit of joy then it's just a burden all of a sudden this thing yeah
2: now i hate it like so many people get stuck in that they they find okay this is like the adhd like curse you find a thing you're interested in and you don't realize it's a fleeting interest Mm -hmm. and you just dive into it and you just exhaust all your energy for it in like a week And you don't realize it when you're in the midst of it. So you're like, I'm going to make money off of this. And I'm going to do this as a business because I love it. And you jump into it and you're like, no, I really only had energy for it for a week. I'm over it. But you're in a business now and you've got all these clients who are just like, let me get that stuff that you were doing and you're over it. Now you're just back to that grind that you hated that you might have been trying to escape in the first place. (laughs) Like, exactly. Yeah, it's bad. Don't do that.
1: So. Make sure when you are balancing those scales and figuring out the gap of what you have energy for, recognize if it's something powerful enough to spend that energy on. Because you may have a little bit of energy for it now, but are you going to have energy for it in six months when you have people banging down your door wanting it?
2: So it's like balancing. Okay, so it's not just keeping them separate anymore your time energy and money and thinking of them as three separate things
1: buckets like you referenced earlier. right they're not, they're not buckets. separate
2: buckets so they're kind of like those balances scales
1: yeah i think of like the scales of justice but mm-hmm. like three of them mm-hmm. because if you pour a whole bunch of energy and time and money into something and then you hate it what's going to happen
2: your energy well the way i was thinking about it is just, you can fill your energy up mm-hmm and put the time and the money and everything in it but if your energy goes away your focus your your love for it your passion for it goes away your energy is out of it you're sinking a bunch of time and money without the energy and passion for it anymore okay. and you're just sinking it so you have to have a balance of all three if you don't have a balance of all three it's just it's bad it's not it's not going the way you want it to It's just not gonna.
1: Correct. Super important consideration to make. So make a list of pros and cons, maybe. If this is something you're considering turning into a business, make a list of pros and cons. Do you have the time? Do you have the energy? Do you have the desire?
2: Mm -hmm. Your time and your energy have to balance with the money. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the time and you don't have the energy to do a thing, can you really do that thing? Can you really start that business? No. Exactly. If you don't have the energy, but you've got plenty of time, or maybe think of how much energy you put in over time, how much you add the time up. Have I been putting energy in this for a long time? Because I love it and I continually love it. Maybe that's the kind of thing you need to focus on for a business instead of something like for the past three weeks, I've been interested in this Think about maybe for the past three years, I've been crocheting. Maybe I should crochet for other people. Maybe I should make things that other people want me to make, express myself, expand my horizons and learn new techniques. You know, maybe that's it for me. So a business is a great way to do those things if you get it started. But You know, but then again, at the same time, sometimes those imbalances and the scales of you balancing those things are just minor setbacks and not like the end of your business they don't have to be the end all for your business that you can recover those things if you're finding yourself not investing the time you can stop putting or you can stop putting the money and the energy in it or you can put more time in it you can adjust these things what you see with your scales and your inventory and your budgeting and scheduling what you see is being deficient you can fix
1: you can change it
2: it's a symptom not terminal.
1: So it's like we had said before, a setback doesn't have to be the end-all be-all. If you discover you've got the passion for something, if you've got a long-term passion for it, if you've got a deficit, figure out how to mitigate that circumstance. For example, I was getting so overwhelmed in my business. I I was feeling like I just couldn't do it anymore. I went, I said it before I went and got an executive assistant to yeah. handle that in between so that I could focus on the things that really, really needed my attention mm-hmm. versus the things that just needed
2: to happen. So in the context of what we've been talking about, what kind of a deficit would you say that was? Was it an energy deficit, a time deficit, a money deficit? What-
1: it was definitely an energy deficit. Okay. And I had to balance the scales by throwing some more money at it mm-hmm. by hiring someone, yes. paying someone who was not myself but recognizing that i needed to do that if i wanted to continue on if i wanted to earn more money grow the business i didn't have any more capacity yes. i didn't have any more energy mm-hmm. or time uh-huh. so i threw some money at it rebalanced the scales got somebody who could handle some of that in between for mm-hmm. me so that i could focus and now if i'm having a rough day if i'm feeling the overwhelm yes i can say i don't have it today handle what's got to be handled mm-hmm. i'm putting a pause I, I don't have it
2: so you found a way to muster some extra energy
1: that's right and that extra energy doesn't have to come from within yourself it can just be taking the next step in your business and growing your business and sometimes energy.
2: good point
1: adding someone else's energy adding an assistant whether that's part-time full-time um outsourcing to an accountant getting the books handled by someone else or um, hiring um a receptionist to answer the phones. If you get lots of calls, maybe yes. you're a service-based business and you're getting calls while you're on a job and you can't answer it, you don't have time to call people back. It's after 6 p.m. when you get home. Right. Get get a call service, get something to find a way to fill that gap for you.
2: Right. Awesome. Well, see that's that makes a lot of sense because there's there's you know, I wouldn't think about that. I was sitting here this whole time in this conversation. Mm-hmm thinking about how all of this deficit must be met from within oneself. Like you have to figure out where you're going to get the extra energy from when in reality, it's maybe I don't have the energy. I need help. And that's a big deal. Like, when do you need help? How do you know when you need help? And how do you like balance the time, energy, and money to get help? Like you've got to set this person's schedule. Now you've got, to ensure this person's energy is there and you've got to have the money to pay them. So you you have this whole new thing to consider and weigh and balance in your own scales and put in your own calendar and put in your own budget. It's
1: that's true, but you do have to add those things, but think about the things that you are able to free up. This is, Calling back to the opportunity costs we've thought about before. True. Because if, yeah, you got to do these things, but they're going to be working for you for 20 hours a week. And these other things that you had to do, right? they can do. So you have time to make their schedule. True. Because you didn't hire them to do nothing. What'd you hire them to do? What'd you take off of your plate? Cool. You can add a couple yeah. of little things to your plate if you took a bunch of big things off of it.
2: Yeah. See... And that's one of those things where it's all in the mindset. It's the survival mindset versus the thrival mindset. (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't like like that that word. word. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, survival and thriving. Um, A survival mindset would be, okay. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? This person is a problem. This person is an extra mouth to feed. What do I do? Versus this is an opportunity like you take this stuff now i can focus on me over here like i don't care take the money get out of my face (laughs)
1: for me for example right i knew when i was hiring an executive assistant Mm -hmm. that was effectively just a deficit financially yeah direct cost wise right she's not billing time to clients well she is a little bit because she's communicating with them but by and large her schedule is admin time right That doesn't earn me any money in the direct method, right? but you have to think about it in indirect terms. She took all this stuff off my plate. Now I have time to go to a a weekly networking meeting where I've gotten a whole bunch of people in my network and have gotten half a dozen new clients in the past couple of months that have earned me lots of money to pay for the, the person that freed me up. That's right. It's an indirect way of earning money so you can't think of any assistant or any assistance that you get you can't think of that in a silo you can't think of it as just money you're spending what are you gaining what's the opportunity cost of that financial cost
2: of hiring help thinking about the individual buckets versus them all being balanced on a scale like what does moving one due to the other two bingo you have to consider those things and i am still learning that apparently <laughs> <laughs> i'm working on it um right i'm still in the surviving mode i guess i think about it through this conversation i'm realizing about me sorry oh, yeah it's i didn't want to
1: know as therapist but we are, <laughs> and
2: i am a therapist a business well. therapist yes no but it's that's it, it profound to me this is i'm going to walk away from this conversation having learned something having had a paradigm shift i guess in the way that i think so thank you for that
1: you're very welcome when we talked last time you were talking about you weren't feeling the energy for the candles it was in the holiday season and you had school going on you had a lot yes. going on you had that energy deficit and a time deficit yes but you had all these commitments yes and we did have to cancel some th- some things which freed up some of that burden that was there and kind of reshifted the scales yes but you did get some help you recognized you were feeling burnout and you voiced your your Feelings mm-hmm. to your partner mm-hmm. and said, "I need help. I, I can't do this. I'm feeling burnt out. I've got all the school. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed." And that help didn't have to come from somebody that you paid. Right. It was just me coming in saying, "I'm gonna, you know, prep these candles for you, and I'm gonna clean up your space so yes. it's nice and conducive to a, a proper work environment." And
2: it became less stressful to look at, and it the the first step became less difficult to make when the first step was made for me already. And all I had to do was just pick up where they left off. The, the help you gave me then was great. Like I had an energy deficit. The depression had me, whether it was seasonal or what it was it had me. And I had, I did free up some of the things. I took the load off of that, that energy part of the scale, take some of that load off. And sometimes it's, it's as simple as saying, I'm sorry guys, I can't do it. Or I can't do it right now. Um, and that's what I had to do for a couple of things. I just, I don't have it to do. I can't do it. Um, school is not one of those things. <laughs> but for business, I had to just free up some of those obligations and say, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Or I, I'll i do it later, but it's going to be a little later because there's a lot going on right now. But with your help, it did springboard me into being able to get things done. And you, I didn't have to pay you, but it's very helpful to have that i find even if it's not paid help you if somebody can just pep talk you or you sit down to the computer and read me what i need to make this thing so that i can just focus on doing it and not have to go back and forth and back and forth like the littlest help the smallest things maybe it's a little tiny drain but the smallest things can throw those balances off and so
1: absolutely especially when you're feeling the deficit think about when you're you're stressed out at work and you got a million things on your schedule and then somebody throws something in there it's like 30 plates in the air and you've got them perfectly balanced mm-hmm. and then somebody throws you an extra plate Yes. All of a sudden, all of the plates came crashing down. That one plate was nothing. Right. But the 30 other plates plus one plate was way too much for you. Mm -hmm. You were precariously holding it all up. And I remember the moments when we determined I needed the executive assistant because I was feeling that way. And every little thing was causing me so much insurmountable stress for unknown reasons, because those things in a silo were nothing.
2: But when you balance the whole scale, when you look at what it's doing to the rest of your system.
1: It wasn't sustainable. Right. So we found a way to handle it. Mm-hmm. When me as your partner sees you stress, stressed out or you can't deal with something right now and you're just feeling the overwhelm. I know you well enough. I can I can see it on your face yeah. or in your body language before you even say something about it. But when you speak up and you say, I can't do this, I canceled this market silent little things just came in and organized the desk Threw some dirty towels in the wash. So you can clean off all the oil and wiped out all your empty containers and threw away all the little pieces of trash. It was nothing. It was 10 minutes of my time. And I had a time surplus. I was at home. I was bored. I had some of my little ADHD energy. I needed to get out and I found a way to use it in a constructive way Mm -hmm. to help you. I could have, done laundry i could have folded clothes yeah but that was less powerful than coming in and just being like yo babe let me do this for you
2: you spent your energy taking some of the load off of my energy (laughs) bucket which was it's really cool like it did help it's the smallest things
1: and I think that that calls back to having people in your corner. Mm-hmm. Do you have a partner that's there for you? That's willing to help. How, how many people are saying, you if you ever need anything, give me a call. Or do you have a friend that is sitting at home playing video games today that you could ask, call on them as a friend. Hey, can you come do me a favor and read me out a list of ingredients while I mix them? I'm feeling real stressed out today. Yeah. And I, I need just a little bit of help mm-hmm. Come hang out with me and help me out. Yeah. That goes a long way. And I think people we, we've said it before, we forget or we feel like we shouldn't be able to do that or we don't want to be a burden right on the people in our corner. Right. But remember that those people are asking you if there's anything they can do and call on them when you need the help. And admitting that you need the help gets way easier every time you do it. Mm-hmm. So in a way,
2: the way your business is working shifts and tilts those scales. And it's a symptom in a way, like it tells you what it needs, exactly. or what it needs less of, what it needs more of. What what the problem is, it'll tell you. Hey, you're spending not enough time on this, or hey, you're you've got too much energy for it, and there's not enough opportunity, and it's or it's you you want to do it, but you're sinking way oh, too much money into it, or not enough money into it, and you're you're not getting anywhere because you're not keeping up, like it'll tell you what you're doing and what you need more and what you need less of. That's-
1: exactly. That's something we talked about with Joanna a few months ago with the Bat Arena. Mm-hmm. Your business tells you where it wants and where it needs to go. and Listening to that comes in a lot of different forms, where your energy is, where your clients are asking for, what your um, clients are saying about you to other people. Who are they sending your way? Right. Because that is what you're good at. Mm-hmm. If people are constantly sending you a specific type of client, it's one of two things. Either they misunderstand what you do and they're sending you the wrong type of client, yeah. or they see you very well and they know exactly who you can help. Right. And I think that is pretty easy to distinguish mm-hmm. when you start getting those referrals from people. But that that's another way of listening to your business, listening to the things that are coming from other people external to how you're feeling. Yes. Both of those lead you into where your business wants to and needs to go.
2: Yeah. Interesting. And it it is it's just a little indicator.
1: <laughs> so, Everything around you mm-hmm. is an indicator and a way to take your emotional inventory as a business owner. It's about back Babe. again to shifting shifting your perspective, paying attention to yourself mm-hmm. and really knowing yourself and your business.
2: Yes. You have to have a, a sizable chunk of that energy bucket focused on you. Absolutely. Where you are in your in your inventory. You Absolutely. have to make room for that inventory to constantly be taking I mean, constantly, but to be checking the gauges of this, of your business.
1: And maybe that's just five minutes when you wake up in the morning. Maybe Maybe. that's when you take your morning shower or while you're brushing your teeth or wherever it is you have a little mundane energy in the morning. Take five less minutes scrolling through Facebook before you get out of bed and take your emotional energy. How am I feeling today? Do I feel like I got a lot of energy to do things? Am I feeling anxious or do I need to find a way to settle myself before I sit down at the computer? Because if I woke up and I intended to start doing schoolwork, for example, but I'm way too scattered for that, then what can I do to settle myself? Mm. If you start every day taking that emotional inventory, how do I feel right now? How does that align with the quote budget, the plan of what I need to do? Do I feel like I've got the creative energy? Do I feel like I've, I need some time to wake up? Or maybe this evening is best. What do I feel like? Do I have to make any changes? Right. That is so powerful. Don't discount that daily inventory. Check in. How am I feeling this morning?
2: That's very important to me. That's one of the things I learned through therapy that helps me immensely. Just inventory yourself. And I, I think... That's a, it's a skill that like really should be taught more <laughs> to show people how to like stop and introspect and think about that. But that's vital to your business too. It's not just the personal thing, it can, it's vital to a business. You have to stop, think about it, take its vitals. We've talked about that before.
1: Like, Absolutely. Well, an unhealthy person can't run a healthy business, right? You can't. give appropriate, attention. not long-term. It's not sustainable. If you're unhealthy and you're imbalanced and you don't have an understanding of yourself and your needs and what you have the capacity for, your business is going to suffer in the long-term because you're not going to give it what it needs because what it needs and what you need are often not the same thing. Correct. Your business doesn't have to sleep, but you do.
2: Yeah, that's true. And it's like another entity that needs your love, your energy, your attention, just giving that one must kind of love oneself first right absolutely you can't pour
1: from an empty cup
2: that's true it works in more than more than one way absolutely
1: with that we're going to take our second break and we'll be right back Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash voice America for juicy
0: updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launch pad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts
1: here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica.
1: So now we're back and we've talked a lot about the time and the energy required, but I am an accountant after all. So let's get to my baby. The money. The the money. Let's get to the money. So one of the biggest things that gets in the way of getting help is what? Can I afford it? Lack of money. How much time, how much money is this going to cost me? That's one of the first questions that we ask a lot. But I challenge you that if that is the very first question that you ask, Mm -hmm. you're still in survival mode. Absolutely. Your business isn't thriving if the number one concern is money. Right. If if the dollar that comes out of somebody's mouth is enough to make or break you, you're still in survival mode.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: To thrive, to really thrive in your business, mm-hmm. you need to understand the way expenditures are actually investments.
2: True. They're in your not, business. They're not costs per se. It's all a matter of how you look at it. It's Like
1: I was saying about the executive assistant, that's an administrative cost. The bulk of her time is booked as administrative time. But what did that time buy me? Yes. So, for example, if you are invoicing your customers by yourself, you're a solopreneur, you have nobody else to do it, it's just you, when are you doing that? Are you doing it um, in the middle of the day when you should be doing client work? Yeah. Are you doing it at night when you should be relaxing and getting your emotional energy recharged for the next day? Is it you sitting on the couch at the end of the day while you've got your TV in the background, plugging in all those invoices, eating up your emotional energy? And how often do you check on invoicing invoices out to your clients? Are you on top of your accounts receivable? Are your clients paying you? How, how on top of your invoicing are you? Yeah. Are you getting three and four months behind your clients are getting mad because you never sit down and invest that energy?
2: So like, yeah, like for, like, for my, my business, product-based mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. it, I've wondered this all the time, especially on the cusp of opening a location where I might have to be where I have to balance the time between production and retail sale. Mm -hmm. Like I have to be the cashier, but I also got to make candles Mm -hmm. like, and all the products as people are buying them. And hopefully with the location, more people come in and buy them. So who knows? I might be very busy trying to be production. So what do I do? When do I need help?
1: When do you need help?
2: Like, how can I, can I'm still in survival mode? So can I afford the help? You know, uh, And that's something I have to really be considering. And, but like you were saying, part of it is not focusing on the idea that it would be a cost so much as what does paying for this unlock for you? Exactly. What do you get done by paying for this? You know, is this person going to be the cashier or are they going to work in production with you? Maybe both. So you can swap as needed. Like who knows? Uh, What what do you do? Where do you put this person? Where do you need the help the most? Correct. Right.
1: So going back to the invoicing example. Mm -hmm. So you're spending, let's say, let's say you're not behind. Like, let's make the assumption that you're not behind. That you are on top of it and you are going home every week on Thursday night and you are invoicing your customers. And it takes you three hours a week. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you decide that three hours a week, times four, 12 hours a month could be better served doing something else Mm -hmm. like getting your emotional energy up or taking on another client. If you're doing it during your workday, if you've carved out Monday mornings as I'm going to sit down and invoice everybody from last week and it takes you four hours every Monday, what do you buy back? Could you be going to do the client work if you hired someone to do the invoices for you? Mm -hmm. For us- We get clients that are spending dozens of hours a week doing invoices, not having time to do the actual work for their clients because they've got inefficient systems.
2: Right.
1: We came in and it took us a fraction of the time to do their invoicing because we're utilizing the software to our advantage. We know tips and tricks. We know automations. We know all sorts of things. So if this client comes in and they're saying, oh, it takes... 60 hours a month for invoicing. They're expecting to pay for 60 hours of our time when they get a proposal saying we're billing on an hourly basis. The problem, their flaw is they don't see that hidden savings from having us because we did their invoices, not in 60 hours a month, but in 12 because we automated the crap out of their processes. We know a schedule for, they, they, a recurring service for their clients. So there's a schedule every week, every month, every year, whatever it is. We invested some time in the front end. We put all that into their accounting software on a recurring basis. So everything just pops up before it's supposed to Mm -hmm. say a month before you have to bill somebody, you have a list of things I need to bill. And then we go in and we do all the button clicks to put that together. And you just got to go in and review it and email it to your customers every month. Yeah. Until we've perfected a system. And then you don't even have to do that. We'll set it up to automatically email. And that saves even more time. Yeah. So that 60 hours a month they imagined is cut down to a small percentage of that. Mm -hmm. If you multiply that by the time you're investing, that's the amount of money you potentially could earn. If you didn't have to do it. So if they bought back 60 hours of their time at their hourly rate, gave it to us, and we're doing it at a percentage of that, they're coming out so far ahead.
2: That and the opportunity that with the time that you've got now, you've got room for more clients. Exactly. So room for more profit. Exactly.
1: This is an important consideration when you're outsourcing to a subcontractor. Or if you're bringing on help, yeah. you have to consider what you're buying back. It's not just about the money you're spending on them. Oh, I, I usually do it myself and it doesn't cost anything for me to do it. Oh, it That's does. not
2: true. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you say that, you are devaluing your time. Right. If you say it doesn't cost anything for me to do it myself, what's your time worth? Absolutely Zero.
2: A lot of people think that way. Yeah. It's and just, I'm passing it regardless. It, it's worthless, but you can make it worth something.
1: If you have a business, your time is never
2: worthless. Right. Well, I'd argue that your time is never worthless because you can always be doing something you enjoy and love. And if you're not.
1: That's fair it. as an individual, but, as a human being, yes, your time, but, is but
2: as a business that yeah, time is money. It's.
1: If you're doing it and not doing the thing that you're in business to do, you are costing yourself money already. Mm -hmm. So by getting the help you need, be it an accountant, be it a receptionist, be it a phone service, Mm -hmm. be it an IT guy, whatever it is you need to hire somebody or outsource to do, consider not only what that cost is, but what you're buying back in your own time. It's a very important consideration. Right. On that same note, Hiring an accountant is good for other things because how many times do you make a mistake doing your bookkeeping? How many questions does your tax accountant have at the end of the year? How many missing receipts do you have? How many receipts do you need to save and put in that stupid box that you've been keeping every single year and giving to your CPA and then they groan and grumble at you? What if there was a better way? What if there was efficiencies? We've got clients that have 10 staff members who all have a company credit card. Now, there was one person in charge of gathering all those receipts from all of those individuals and making sure that we had supporting documentation for it. But that person also had a whole other job to do. That person was the operations manager. So they didn't have 40 hours a week to chase people's receipts. Yeah. So we automated their processes. We got... Their staff to start sending things to a different email address, which went into a specific little filter, did some automation, which we'll talk about later, and freed up somebody's time. Now, we can send an email once a week to everybody asking for what we need, and we've alleviated time off of operations. Operations can now think of their next project they need to do because Mm. they're not stuck in a hamster wheel of finding freaking bookkeeping receipts.
2: Right. See, yeah that reminds me a lot of the navy actually when in the way that they created jobs basically through um just collateral duties what started as a collateral duty is now so big and so important and so time-consuming that they chop it off and it's its own job now it needs to have its own dedicated staff to it it reminds me a lot of that and it was great for the structure. It made things a lot more streamlined. You have less to worry about. Of course, in the military, money is almost infinite. So that's not a concern <laughs> when it comes to making jobs out of nowhere. But for a business like this, sometimes you do need to compartmentalize the work you're doing and say, it needs to, at some point and some point soon, it's got to get chopped off and made its own function, its own job. And there has to be someone dedicated to doing that job because I can't do it myself anymore. I, I can't balance this duty and that duty and make them work. You have like in the military, too many collateral duties that you can't get any of them done. It's creating a blockage in the flow of your energy and it's just not working for you. But it comes a time when you do that
1: and it's not zero to 100 so don't think about getting help in terms of i have to hire a full time person you sure. can get you can outsource and get a, somebody who helps you a couple hours a week a couple hours a month one hour a month whatever it is you need there are people out available to help you and it doesn't have to be all or nothing you don't have to do it all on your own in fact you shouldn't because the more things you do the less specialized you are yeah. if you're focused on what you're good at good at and you're giving something to someone And it's the thing that they're good at. It's the thing that they're in business for. They're doing it probably faster and probably better than you who didn't have the emotional energy or the time to do it. Sometimes you give up a little bit of money and you get so much out of it.
2: Right. You find someone whose passion is doing the bookkeeping and the gay accountant work like you are like, you love doing this. So you find someone like you who can do those things and enjoys it even.
1: One of my favorite things is listening to a business tell me their problems and troubleshooting it in my head and streamlining processes and improving things. And they'll talk about all the issues. And in the middle of a first consultation, I'll say, well, can you imagine this, this and this and this happening? And you see their faces light up because you just blew their minds.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: They
1: never considered that it could be so amazing.
2: Yeah. It takes an expert. It does.
1: It does. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Consider what your needs actually are. Mm-hmm. Talk to some people. Most, pe- most people in professional services will give you a free consultation and tell you if they're able to help you, how much they're able to help you, or if they're not the right person to help you. They know the people that you need because it's a business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're going to somebody for a business service, they work with other businesses and they know somebody who can help you out.
2: Right.
1: So. Ask for help, ask, have a consultation call and just be like, I don't even know actually what I need, but I know what my problems are.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Those of us who are in business to business services love that.
2: If I can just tell you what my problems are and you, your, the gears just start turning for you on how to fix them, like in meaningful ways best friends.
1: It's one of my favorite things to do. So if anybody's got questions out there about their processes or the things they need to maybe divert some energy on, or maybe just some sparks, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love having these conversations. How many markets do we have with small business owners that start complaining about some little thing They They don't know who I am. They don't know what I do for a living that I literally live to troubleshoot. Yes, it's Just passing the time and saying this little small issue they have. And Boom, light bulbs all over. And I'll I'll just pass little small pieces of information along and I get thank yous all day for it. It's one of my favorite things. It's so gratifying. Yeah. Come to me with your problems. I will, I will give you the brain power that I have and see how we can help. Yeah. I do it at home for you. I do it for my friends and their businesses and their personal life. We, I do it for market competitors. There was a candle company we spoke to recently that I saw something on their table, made a passing comment and they told me it was brilliant.
2: Mm. Well, that's interesting. Like I, you can, you, you are, there is no shortage of experts and experts show up in the least likely places sometimes. So I don't know. you. I don't know how to, how to sum that up. Just, how do you keep looking for experts? You, what do you like just Google experts and
1: <laughs> um a business consultant or a management consultant mm-hmm. will often be a really good place to start. Perhaps a business coach, perhaps somebody whose job it is to look at the vision. Maybe you have a one-hour consultation with a business coach and they can tell you, okay, I think your problem actually is that you don't have enough time in the day. How do you buy back some time in the day? And you start thinking about that because How often are you too ingrained in your problem to see the solution yourself when to somebody who is not you, they might see it in the first five minutes of a conversation. Yes.
2: Critical distance.
1: Yes. Critical distance. You talk about that a lot. Yes. If you are in it all day, every day, and you're in the problem, guaranteed, you're not seeing the solution or you're seeing the solution and you're ignoring it. And that's a whole separate thing that we should talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you don't see where you can fix it, start with a business consultant or a business coach and go from there. If you don't know how to find one, I can recommend a couple of amazing ones. So reach out to me. There's
2: one in particular. Oh my gosh. Great on this show.
1: Yes, actually. Yes. We'll see. So if you don't know where to start, start with just a consultant or a coach and go from there. You don't have to quite often. That's not nearly as expensive as you think it is. Trust me. I hired one myself. Nice. Nice. Start somewhere. And if you don't know where that somewhere is, start with somebody who just listens and helps businesses because they, I promise you, they know all the people.
2: I, that's intriguing, intriguing enough to make me want to go look into <laughs> it. So I that's cool. That's really good.
1: I think that's going to do it for us today. We're running out of time. Once again, I appreciate you being here. My fiance, Charlie, for the last time. Last time. Next, my my husband, Charlie Langford. That's going to be interesting. The
2: Death of a Bachelor.
1: Oh, it doesn't, it's not nearly as sad as it sounds. It's actually
2: a really sweet song. The Bachelor dies, but the husband is born.
1: <laughs> Before we go, I know we didn't talk too much about your business today, but I do want to let everybody know once again how to find you. So why don't you tell them where they can find you in person if they're in New Orleans or on social media for your books, your candles and your drone photography business.
2: Oh, man. So many things that I got to tell you now. Uh, (laughs) um, You can find me in person uh, at the University of Holy Cross in Algiers, right at the foot of the Woodland Bridge at the end of General de Gaulle. uh, We do pop up markets on the first and third Sundays of every month, with exception, I believe, of the summer months because it's too hot. you can find me online on instagram under charlie's waxworks uh and also for the drones under urban Aerial, or urban angel ariel and you can find the books on facebook as well as the candles and urban angel ariel on facebook under all of those names the divine saga is the the books this is a lot to say i'm sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries. We'll we'll make sure that we keep everybody apprised. So if you don't know where to find Charlie, go follow Jessica Jones Accounting. And I promise you, you will see Charlie pop up frequently.
2: Yes. We try to keep our, we try to bolster each each other's businesses and what we do and our interests and things. So even our personal pages, we bolster each other and then our professional ones, we're all linked together so that we can help push each other upward and get exposure for all of these businesses at once. Uh, cause
1: Because we're building an empire. That's why.
2: We are. Small small little
1: empire. Small little, starting small, but there's nothing small about our small businesses. (laughs) So thank you again for being here. My pleasure. So thanks for listening with us today and we'll catch
0: you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, Wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire. Travel your own path. And most importantly, be your own superhero.